Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, and tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world as we broadcast on the Fringe FM, TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and many other streaming platforms. The show, of course, after the live broadcast here Friday, January 7th, and to Saturday, January 8th of 2022. will be in the archive at thesecretteachings.info, and it will be available on all podcast platforms. You will have to deal with some advertisements, though, unless you would like to access the ad-free archive, and then you can go to the website and subscribe to the show to get access to that, all of our montages, and my books. It's www.thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info, and I'd like to thank a few uh, new listeners who subscribed to the archive this week. That really helped us out and helped to get us back on track since we moved the whole archive over from another platform. We lost a few subscribers uh, by mistake. Uh, Some people couldn't find the show. Uh, A few other people had canceled their subscriptions because they thought that the show had disappeared, and we were just moving everything over to a new platform. It should be easier to access and easier to use for mobile devices and easier to use uh, even on your computer to download and to stream the show. That's why there's been a little bit of a hiccup in the show downloads or not being able to access the show on uh, other podcast platforms. So if you can't find The Secret Teachings, it should all be updated by now. Just search the show again or you can restart your application, or you can just refresh it, and you should be able to find all of the new shows, including our show with Charlie Robinson last night, our show with Derek Murphy on Wednesday, and our show with Leo Zagami on Tuesday. All three of those guests and all three of those shows are in the archive. Again, thesecretteachings.info.info. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. The show is also on Gab, although we don't really have much of a following because we just started. So if you find us on Gab, go ahead and follow us. We did pick up... uh, Picked up 14 followers this week. That's good for a week of, of no promotions. We picked up uh, some followers on Gab. So go ahead and go over to Gab at Secret Teachings or just type in Ryan Gable. There's also Gitter, which I know is another newer platform in the last year. And that platform, uh, we picked up 26 followers this week. So that's good. Type in TST Radio or just Ryan Gable and you should be able to find us on Gitter. So that's Facebook. Gab and Gitter, we are on, that's G-E-T-T-R, and we are also on Patreon. 
If you go to Patreon and search The Secret Teachings or find the link on our website, you will be able to get access, if you become a patron, to our behind-the-scenes videos. I just put up a new video today out at the Saguaro National Forest or right on the edge of the Saguaro National Forest near the Mountain State Park talking about the Saguaro cactus and the mythology and the history of it. And that video is on Patreon. We have a couple of new patrons this week. We don't have a lot of patrons because I don't push this very much, but we do have some new patrons this week. So I'd like to thank all of you who have signed up to Patreon. That really supports the show. It really helps us out. And uh, it allows us to continue to do what we do here on the show five nights a week on The Fringe and Saturday morning on Aftermath FM. I don't like to... uh, I don't like to scare people, although I know that this show is interpreted as a scary show. I do recognize that the information can be perceived as scary. I do recognize that the information can be perceived as terrifying sometimes, uh, nerve-wracking, jaw-dropping. It's really scary. It's unnerving. But my argument has always been, since my intention is not to frighten, my argument has always been that my intention is to simply inform. And I don't mean that in rhetoric. I don't mean that in just words. You can find thousands of shows, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows we've done just since we uh, shifted over, switched over to the Fringe FM a handful of years ago. And you can see our body of work. And you can look at my books and you can listen to what I've said on air. And you can see, those of you who know, uh, those of you who we've been able to help uh, with uh, various things in life, uh, many things, not just being there for you five nights a week, but also other things, more of a uh, religious or legal matter, for example. Uh, We stand by our word, and we try to, and I say we, I mean, it's really just me, but I like to incorporate you as an audience into the equation. We try to not only present information that is critical and and, and new perspectives and information that is, I I believe, uh, if it's not groundbreaking, and it's not always groundbreaking, but a lot of the time it is groundbreaking, a lot of the times you're not going to hear on other radio shows what you hear here on The Secret Teachings. It, it's, it's rare that I find another radio show that, that is even uh, halfway or, or even a quarter of the way into the types of things that we discuss on this show without just using uh, the same old stale rhetoric and the same old stale talking points. And, you know, talking points and rhetoric make an argument really easy to make. I learned that a long, long time ago, before I really knew, really understood how language worked, and I really understood how people with ulterior motives can warp language and then can play on other people's lack of a desire to prove a point, to manufacture a consensus and to prove their own point. I I, I didn't know how powerful language was, and I had to learn that the hard way. 
And I think that a lot of us still don't recognize how important language is. We talked about this last night with Charlie Robinson. The difference between with and of are totally different. If I die of having hair on my head, that's different than dying with having hair on my head. Would you not agree? There's a big difference. If I submit to something, that's much different than if I declare and maintain something. For many months, we've done shows on vaccine mandates. We've done shows on natural law. We've done shows on what some of you refer to as COVID-19 updates. I don't like to call it that. We had a caller call into the show, uh, it was a week or a week and a half ago, and asked me, right at the end of the show, he said, what do you think the Supreme Court is going to decide in these two vaccine mandate cases? And just for the record, so we know what these cases actually are, it's the National Federation of Independent Business versus the Department of Labor, and the other case is Ohio versus the Department of Labor. These are two cases that the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments on today. While the media across the board was incessantly focused on their new religious on Holy Day of January 6th, they've just co-opted the epiphany and they've perverted it for political reasons. They've co-opted Three Kings Day and they've turned it into three insurrectionists' day. They've suggested, actually, that even watching the video footage is a traumatizing experience. I saw that in the news yesterday. If you watch the video footage, it's traumatizing. That's not a decision that you're even supposed to make. You're just told it's traumatizing to watch the video footage. I think some people made that same argument with Kyle Rittenhouse. Don't even watch the footage. Don't watch what actually happened because if you watch what actually happened, then you'll know what actually happened. And the false narrative concocted around out-of-context information and misleading talking points and rhetoric will fall apart. And while that was happening, back in reality, the U.S. Supreme Court was hearing arguments on two different legal cases pertaining to medical mandates. The first challenge is to the rules that private employees must be required to receive a vaccine or they must wear a mask and submit to weekly testing. The second challenge is to the administration's rule that employees at healthcare facilities receiving Medicare and Medicaid funding be completely fully vaccinated. Now, when you watch what the media does, they are waving a... a, 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 a just under literal, just it's almost a literal. They might as well just be waving a literal magic wand, but, but they're, they're essentially waving a magic wand. Uh, for months, the media has been so incredibly misleading on what exactly these vaccine mandates are. First of all, the Supreme Court is hearing these cases, and it's an expedited emergency hearing because. Some of these mandates, some of the components of them, 
are supposed to go into effect Monday. That's the 10th of January. Other parts won't be in effect until February. So, of course, this is a big issue. This is a major issue. And although mainstream media covered the hearing today, I noticed something interesting that I find to be a positive aspect of of media reporting. And that is virtually every media outlet from CNN to Fox News signaled that the mandate seems very fragile, especially for requiring businesses with 100 employees or more to have all of their employees vaccinated or wear a mask and submit to weekly testing. I find it interesting that the president has also said that this is a state issue now. It seems like the White House and the fourth branch of executive authority, the corporate banking media empires, are suggesting that this is not something that's going to be upheld in court. It doesn't mean individual employees, uh, employers can't mandate this on, on, a, on a, uh, an individual basis. It just means the federal government can't regulate it through regulatory bodies. Now, this whole thing, though, if you listen to the arguments at the Supreme Court today, is probably really confusing. It's probably really confusing, and so because it's really confusing, most of us would prefer just not even to listen to it. We'd prefer to just read what the news reporters write, if they even write half of these articles that are published. We'd rather listen to third parties, and that includes the secret teachings for that matter. I know a lot of people have asked me, what my take is on this, what my opinion is on this. I didn't listen to all four hours of it today, but I listened to a solid two and a half to three. And I heard the same arguments being made by the defense for those two and a half to three hours. So much uh, of the argument was was rhetoric. And, And I don't mean to diminish uh, you know, a solid argument in court, that it's just rhetoric. Because if you have a solid argument, you have a solid argument. It doesn't mean it's rhetoric. But the same words kept coming up over and over and over again. I mean, if it wasn't so early in the morning, you know, you could have played a drinking game with the number of times that the U.S. Solicitor General brought up the word risk. This woman brought up the word risk, I swear to God, probably 50 times. It was risk, 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 risk. And then she went on to say, the vaccines are safe, effective, and proven. Safe, effective, and proven. And not a single justice, not a single member of the defense, the, the, the plaintiffs, the, the Supreme Court, nobody seemed to bring up a really important question. Just let's pause for a moment. Let's forget about the, the mandates. What do you mean by proven? Proven to do what? See, a word like that doesn't really have any meaning to it. It doesn't really have any substance to it. It has an implication to it. And that implication means the same thing to different people with different beliefs. Because if you believe, if you are a member of the faithful, then proven means safe and effective, and proven means that you won't get sick, and proven means choosing to void logic and the ability to think critically and to ask questions and to be in charge of your own body and your own life. If you are not of the faithful and you reject that faith and you choose to ask questions, 
proven if you don't understand the meaninglessness of the word without context or definition. Proven just simply means kind of the same thing it means to people who faithfully believe. It means it's interpreted as it's proven. That means it's been proven to help. And so as a result of that, people who aren't faithful will say, well, I'm not necessarily saying that the vaccines don't help people. What I'm saying is, and although I can get on board with what I'm saying is, my issue is still with the terminology that we're using, proven. You know, if you didn't have a lot of time in court to make these arguments, four hours, but, you know, you didn't get to speak for the whole four hours as the Solicitor General or whoever was in the court making the oral arguments for either side. But you'd have enough time, you would think, to bring some kind of evidence rather than just citing vague statistics and misquoting federal agencies for that matter. If you listen to this hearing today at the Supreme Court, it was an embarrassment as far as I'm concerned. It was an embarrassment not to the rule of law, not to the government, but to the prestigious positions that are the Supreme Court justices. Not all of them, but some of them. It was an embarrassment. And it was an embarrassment that neither the defense or the plaintiffs really made any better arguments on either side. I didn't really understand what the hell anybody was arguing. There were some comments, of course, made by Supreme Court justices that made uh, a lot of sense, but all I got out of the Solicitor General was that we are at risk, the vaccine is proven, and OSHA has the authority to enforce this under a law passed 50 years ago and under a tiny little section of that law, which we are interpreting as an authority to carry out this universal, one-size-fits-all across-the-board mandate by pr- pretty much just voiding state authority, pretty much just voiding bodily autonomy and implementing it. It doesn't matter if the flu supposedly kills hundreds of thousands of a year. We didn't see the need to implement a vaccine mandate then. We just see the need to do it now. And so, of course, this is part of the reason why people lose trust in the so-called justice system, and they devise rhetoric like it's not the justice system, it's the just us system, because it's just us and it's just them, and there's nothing we can do about it. The, The whole system is corrupt. But let me remind you that the whole system isn't corrupt, actually, because if the whole system was corrupt, we wouldn't even be having hearings. If the whole system was corrupt to the core, Biden, in one of his short video presentations where he's got a pen in his hand that somebody gave him, and he's like, all right, what am I signing? All right, let me sign that. Whatever it was he was signing would just become law. There would be no need for Congress. There would be no need for a Supreme Court. It would just be whatever the, the dictates of the president, of the dictator were. Except in this case, we don't really have a dictator. We don't really have a president. We have a guy who's non-existent. We have an administration that doesn't seem to be running anything except their mouths and uh, running in circles, chasing their tails. It doesn't seem like there's any authority at all. It's, it's an embarrassment. And the rest of the world knows it. And, and they're laughing at us, friend and foe. So, so what the hell is going on? I mean, what, what is this really about? And those are the questions that I'm asking. Yeah, sure. 
regardless of what the Supreme Court decides, there are going to be religious and medical exemptions to these vaccines. And of course, the media won't be honest with you, so I'll be honest with you, as I have been for many, many months, and as we've been able to use our knowledge here on The Secret Teachings to get dozens of you out of those mandates at your place of employment or your friends or your family. Dozens and dozens of people across the United States, just because of the type of words that we used in our exemption forums that we wrote, not as, not as a lawyer, not a lawyer, but just using the certain types of words, declaring rather than submitting, and getting those exemptions notarized, it got so many people out of these, out of these vaccines, which were supposedly being enforced because of the law, but there wasn't a law. There was a mandate, which isn't even in effect yet, and businesses were telling employees that it's a mandate, it's a law, and you have to follow it, or you're going to be fired, without even providing people with the option to opt out of it for religious or medical reasons, which they have state and federal protections in place to, to maintain that. So it's a completely convoluted mess, because whether you, you own a business, you run a business, you work at a business, or you're homeless, the average person is so oblivious to the most basic components of how the legal system works and just the, bo- the basic components of what legislation is or what legislators do, you know, as opposed to an executive authority, as opposed to the court system, uh, you know, as opposed to the difference between what a republic is as opposed to what a democracy is, th- that the problem is not within the system. The problem is without the system. The problem is those who undermine the system for their own personal gain and benefit. The the problem is with the ignorance of the general public and not understanding, for example, what religion is. Religion isn't you're a Christian. Religion is defined as an observance, a belief, or a practice. And that could be anything. The vagueness of it is to give the individual the power to believe and to have faith in what they choose to believe and have faith in. And the ambiguousness and the vagueness of the arguments that were made by the Solicitor General today at the Supreme Court were concocted to derive authority to OSHA and to the executive authority to pretty much override Congress, override state authority, gubernatorial authority, and police businesses uh, essentially you know, uh, 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 violating uh, the sovereignty of businesses, states, and uh, according to uh, Justice Thomas, uh, his argument was that it's violating the Commerce Clause as well because Congress has the authority to regulate the commerce, not the executive branch. But doing all this uh, by deriving this obscure authority out of uh, a, a law passed 50 years ago and out of a tiny section of the law. I mean, this is the kind of thing that just fascinates me. And I'd like to share what I've learned with you tonight on The Secret Teaching. So... I implore you to stay tuned because I think you're going to learn a lot. I learned a lot today from studying and listening to this. This is The Secret Teachings. We'll be back. It's the month of Janus and the year of the Tiger 2022. Here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is The Secret Teachings Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the name and start listening today for free. 
Or if you want to avoid those annoying ads, head on over to thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the ad-free archive. It's got old shows, new shows, and you can also download Ryan's digital books. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? The end of the world? If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of my research in your hands, visit our website and grab physical and digital copies of my books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, theology, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. And food philosophy might just change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Remember, shipping is always included with the books. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and get your copy today. The Secret Teachings is now on Gab and Getter. Search Ryan Gable on both to find the show or stick with The Secret Teachings in the Metaverse. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Do you have everything you need to explore The Secret Teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. So while the media was incessantly, obsessively, and compulsively focused on the hijacking of the Feast of Epiphany and the Three Kings Day, that is January 6th, suggesting that even watching the video footage is traumatizing, back in reality, the United States Supreme Court was hearing arguments on two different legal cases pertaining to medical mandates. The first one challenges the rule that private employers require workers to be vaccinated or wear a mask on the job and submit to weekly testing. And the second challenges the administration's rule that employees at healthcare facil- uh, facilities receiving uh, Medicare and Medicaid funding be vaccinated. Now, the Democratic minority seemed very interested and outspoken about maintaining the direct authority of executive mandating across state lines, regardless of its effect on commerce bodily autonomy, the rule of law, science, or even their own authority as the third branch of government. The Solicitor General of the United States, this lady who was appointed by Joe Biden, Elizabeth Perloger, she argued the same points, but she focused on what I call magic words. 
She used the words risk, safety, effective, and proven so many times that you could have played a drinking game. I mean, I was listening to this at like 10 o'clock this morning in the a.m. mountain time. And I swear to God, like if I was an alcoholic, I I could have just I I would have been hammered by noon listening to this woman repeat the same words over and over again. Like it's like an incantation. It doesn't matter what the argument is. When you argue with vague and implicating terminology, you're just regurgitating and repeating well-crafted rhetoric as a form of propaganda and psychological assault on natural human emotional responses. It gives one the perceived upper hand. It gives an individual the, the perceptual expression that they know what they're talking about. Whether they believe it or not, whether they're being paid to argue it or not, you know, it's much more difficult to argue against emotion than it is to argue against any question to the contrary of that emotion. The defense vigorously argued that millions of unvaccinated Americans, for whatever the reason they choose to remain so, are putting other unvaccinated Americans, most of which are choosing not to get the vaccine, at risk. And those numbers vary. I've read 40 million, I've read 70 million, but now that the Centers for Disease Control has publicly walked back their statistics for Omicron, saying that it's not 70 plus percent of cases are Omicron that are new, it's actually 22.5%. And these numbers were just from a single week in December, so we really don't have the overall data. And yet, News publications, days after the fact, we documented this on Wednesday's show, they continue to peddle the 70-plus percent marker because apparently nobody does their research anymore. And to suggest that an individual like yourself or like me could read what the CDC says on their own website, we don't have medical degrees, of course, so we can't interpret that data correctly, we're told. Obviously, the question is how all these unvaccinated Americans are affecting other unvaccinated Americans, especially if all the unvaccinated Americans choose to stay unvaccinated. Wouldn't that be their decision? It was also implied and directly stated that the unvaccinated, and I had to make sure I heard this correctly, I paused, and I paused, and I pondered, and I thought, did, did they really just say that? Did the Solicitor General really just imply that? That the unvaccinated put the vaccinated at risk in the workplace. Something that the Supreme Court justices who took a stance against it obviously pushed back on and argued that you know that's, that doesn't make any sense. That's a preposterous argument. The Solicitor General made some very good arguments, but... It's really easy to make good arguments when you just simply repeat and regurgitate talking points. Not that a talking point can't be a good argument. But when you're unable to allow your argument to be malleable, unable to defend it outside of those talking points, then you know you have a problem. And and the more I listen to the Solicitor General Elizabeth Prolager, I realized and I thought at first, okay, she, she's on fire. She's really bringing the heat. 
I mean, I don't know what ritual they cooked up and what they pumped her full of, but she's bringing the heat. Very good lawyer. But then the Supreme Court justices started to poke holes in what she was saying, and she was not able to defend her point. She started to stutter or slow down in her arguments a little bit more, and I thought, okay, okay, it's not just me. The justices of the Supreme Court realized the same thing. Not all of them, just a handful of them, that this woman has a few flaws in her argument. Now, there was really no firm response from the defense on why OSHA deems it necessary to suddenly take authority from a 50-year-old law to give themselves power to vaccinate the entire workforce, especially for COVID-19. There's no answer to why they've not done this with the flu. That was actually brought up by the justices today, one of the justices. Why hasn't this been done with the flu or any of these other so-called communicable diseases? One justice said that this was, this was a law that was put in place closer to the Spanish flu than it was to COVID-19. And there was no indication that the government has the sweeping authority to uh, put, it will put the authority in the hands of regulatory agencies like OSHA to do this. The defense also argued that by not being able to enforce the mandate, the court was inhibiting public health. And they were inhibiting the ability of government to fight disease in the future. Now, these are classical arguments on both sides that go back to the founding of the country. How much power and authority does the federal government actually have? How much authority can one branch exercise over the other branches or the states or the people? And in fact, Dementia Man himself, Joe Biden, even said that this is now a state issue. Why would the President of the United States, knowing that his, his mandate, his mitigation technique for stopping COVID and getting everybody vaccinated was going to the Supreme Court and just a few days ago say, well, this is like a state issue. Maybe he forgot. He's got dementia, so maybe he forgot it went to the Supreme Court. Maybe he forgot what the Supreme Court was. Maybe he forgot he was president. Maybe he thinks he's a governor now. You know, I don't know. But he said this is a state issue to police this. That sounds strange. He didn't even support or back up his own administration, his own, supposedly his own, mandate. But you've seen him sign papers where he's like, all right, what am I signing? I don't even know what I'm signing. I'll just sign a couple of these here, whatever. Put put them in front of me. Give me a pen. Perhaps he's signaling that he knows the mandate will never hold up under the final decision of the court. In the same way that CNN and all these other news outlets are also signaling the same thing. They're signaling well, we don't really think the Supreme Court's going to uphold this, especially the more conservative justices. They've got some questions about this, and they did have a lot of questions about it. Some of them were very logical questions, very reasonable questions. Some of them, not all of them, but a few of the questions that were asked, I thought, hmm, not only was that a good question, that's something that I think I would have asked. It's a very critical question of what was being argued in favor of the mandate. Now, luckily, for people in the state of New York, outside of what the Supreme Court heard today, there was a bill that was stricken, and uh, it's a good thing it was stricken because uh, this is a terrifying bill that could have resulted in all those conspiracy theories coming true. It's Assembly Bill A416. Maybe you heard about this. Assembly Bill A416. One 
416, excuse me, A416. I've got it up here on NewYorkSenate.gov. People have said this is a this is a fake bill. Really? Well, it's on the New York Senate government website, so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how it's a fake bill, but okay. It was introduced earlier in 2021. It's been stricken according to the Senate website, but it says this. Removal and detention of cases, contacts, and carriers who are or may be a danger to public health. May be a danger to public health. Such persons or group or persons shall be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or more premises, you know, whatever, designated by the governor or his or her delegate and complying with subdivision five of this section. This is a bill that literally allows the governor to point at an individual and say, you may pose a threat to public health. You're going to a medical facility. I believe they called that a concentration camp or a gulag. Funny thing is, uh, a friend of mine back in New York, uh, one of the very few friends I made while I was living in New York, she was... uh, she was. She always told me she was a proud Democrat until she met me, and then she kind of just became neutral on, on politics. And she sent me this video of a guy breaking down this bill, and uh, it's been stricken, so it's not. It's not being considered now. This bill in New York. It's again Assembly Bill A four one six. It's on the state Senate website. And uh, she had a friend that emailed her, and and in response to emailing her, I also received the email because um, the video of this guy breaking this bill down was sent out to a lot of different people, a lot of, a lot of her friends. So I, I get this email back, and this email's like, my friend's name is Nicole. This This woman's telling my friend, she's like, this is your problem. This is why you have, you know, maybe trouble sleeping at night, or this is why people think you're crazy. Yeah, just like all these accusations because you share conspiracy theories and rhetoric and all this horrible fear-promoting, you know, it, it just on and on and on. All this garbage and nonsense. You need to rely on independent fact-checkers, Nicole. And then maybe you wouldn't be so afraid. And, you know, my friend Nicole, just like pretty much the average person, I mean, my friend Nicole doesn't even know how to really utilize the internet. And, and that's how a lot of people are. I mean, maybe you can utilize the internet better than some people, but the average person is oblivious how to look this stuff up. So I responded back to the email, and I said a lot of things, actually. But I also linked up the, st- the state Senate website, and I said, here's the New York Senate.gov website, and here is the Assembly Bill A416. Of course, I didn't get a response back from the person, but I sent them the actual, uh, the actual assembly bill and the PDF link to it. I mean, people that literally will say, that's fake, go look for independent fact checkers when I can get onto the state senate website and pull up the bill in about five seconds. And not only that, not only did they say the bill didn't exist, they said rely on third-party fact-checkers. So when I typed the bill in, underneath of the bill for the New York Senate.gov website is an article from Reuters saying that it's fake news. <laughs> right under 
the New York Senate.gov website. It's Reuters fact-checking the bill that exists on the state Senate website. I mean, this is what we are facing. This level of deception where it's not even the first uh, you know, uh, thing in the search engine. You have tried Google. I mean, you could type it in right now. Just go to the internet. Just see. You don't have to live in New York. I don't live in New York anymore, thank God, to just find this, at least this part of it, uh, of it interesting. But uh, Assembly Bill uh, A416, and literally, there it goes, comes up Google. Assembly Bill A416. The first result is New York State Assembly Bill A416, New York Senate.gov. The second bill, or rather the second article about the bill, is a Reuters article fact-checking it. Fact check. It's not a bill that's being voted on on January 5th to indefinitely detain unvaccinated people. But 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 the but, 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 but the bill actually says that they would indefinitely detain people that were or could be or may be sick. And the governor will make that decision or people that work for the governor makes that decision. And then the person or group or persons shall be detained in a medical facility or other appropriate facility or premises designated by the governor or his or her delegate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, oh, well, that's, that's nice. It's on the state website, but they struck that. So that's a good thing. Then I got an article sent to me, a couple of articles and links to uh, the state of Washington, one of their government websites, uh, state legislature. And uh, they have uh, a list of procedures for isolation and quarantine. And I was reading through this, and they want to basically do the same thing in Washington, the state of Washington. When I read that, I was thinking, uh, okay, so you've got the state of Washington and the state of New York with very similar procedures for basically detaining people for isolation or quarantine, taking them to medical facilities, forcing treatment on them. That's what Assembly Bill A416 was going to do. You'd be forced to take medical treatment, vaccines, whatever they wanted to give you. I thought, well, if that's the case, then somebody is is basically copy and pasting these to senators, and then they're just being introduced into the legislature, and they're sponsoring the bills that were written by God knows who. Some shadowy organization, some billionaire philanthropist, I don't know. You start to see these patterns across the board, you recognize, oh, well, it's maybe it's the Democratic Party, maybe it's George Soros. I don't know, but somebody's right. It's the same. It's basically the same policy in Washington State, in New York State, in California. It's like these blue states in particular are literally creating their, their own, each governor, their own fascist, communist, authoritarian, you know, like infrastructure or, or legal infrastructure so that they can literally legalize what they're going to do before they do it, which is part of the manner by which you carry out cultural and, and physical genocide, is that you, you have to legalize it. If not in statute, you have to legalize it in the public mind to marginalize certain groups to justify their extermination, and that is what is systematically being done. Now, the fact that legislation like this was introduced in Washington and New York or there, there's you know, overreaching power from the executive who on audio and video has signed orders without even knowing what they are in his own words. Uh, just, it should demonstrate, I think, a little bit, maybe, kind of, that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that there is power still 
in the federal republic and in the states to begin with. It's power that control freaks and hysterics and people who are diluted by political bias and emotion really, really despise. I don't know if you've ever been yelled at by a very large, overweight, orange-haired, pink, giant-rimmed, thick sunglass, caked-on-makeup NPC before, but I have. And I don't like using that terminology, but that's the reality of it. I have been for no other reason than I was white, even though they're white. For no other reason than I'm straight, even though they didn't even know that they assumed my sexuality. For no other reason than being a man, even though they don't really know that because they assumed my gender. And these people are hysterical. They are beyond emotional. They are whipped into a frenzy. And they don't like when people have a right to choose. My body, my choice, my body, my choice. Now, your body, our choice. See, without a separation of power between three branches of government, and certainly without the separation of power between states and the federal government, and, of course, the same separation of power between church and state, Single dictates signed by a decrepit racist piece of trash like Joe Biden would become law immediately. They wouldn't even need to become law. They're just a dictate. In fact, Joe Biden represents a third world dictator who's not really a dictator. He's uh, weekend at Bernie's, propped up by a military or other foreign government and or corporate interest. All of those who support him, or at least vote blue no matter who, are... You know, the kinds of people that used to be, at least, opposed to military interventions in other countries, the overthrowing of governments around the world. They're literally supporting a man who is propped up by a foreign power and large corporate banking interests. I mean, not to mention uh, 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 just supporting, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's assert more imperialist control in Afghanistan. Remember that? Just immediately, Biden takes office and... And then let's go back into Afghanistan. And suddenly the anti-war people became pro-war. It's, it's the same people who were anti-war for nearly a decade under Bush and then suddenly became war's biggest fans with a giant masturbatory orgy of orgasmic delight and bombing third world countries and others into complete oblivion in the name of equality, you know, the name of justice. And that's what's always wrong with the picture. Liberty is something that can only be given to one man if all other men have it. And by men, we mean all people. This is a word that is synonymous with the human race. In the same way that amen is an amen and a man, amen is a chief deity of the Egyptian mythological pantheon. Amon, Amon-Ra, the sun fire god, the chief god. So maybe we should open a mythology book. Let's crack open a book. If we should read more books and other rhetorical talking point of these extremist wackos. I had somebody scream that at me once, actually. I was outside of a store in Boise, Idaho, and they were having an anti-gun rally downtown Boise. And I walked outside, and I saw some young girls. I mean, these girls were like, they were high school girls, actually. They were, they were very young. And they had a, a woman there who was, you know, coaching them, because that's how it works. And I said, uh, what's, this, uh, what's this whole thing about guns? And, and they told me. And I said, did you guys hear about the police officer uh, who was off duty who actually stopped a shooting because he had a gun? And their response was, 
you should read a book. And I was like, oh, really? I wrote like seven of them. And then they just, they start like malfunctioning. And then the handler steps in and says, they've got nothing else to say. We're not talking. Like they're like some legal counsel. It's just a bunch of warm bodies out there holding up signs, pretending to be something that they're not because they fit into some group collective hive mind identity. It's, it's really sad is what it is. So liberty is something that can only be given to one man. One man can only obtain it and maintain it if all other men have it. Taking it and giving it to one person and restricting it to others is not liberty, and it's not a republic, and it certainly is the very definition of the danger of democracy, which, of course, the United States is not a democratic government. It's a republic, but don't let that stop the Marxist professor from teaching it to students that this is a democracy. Just vote, 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 vote. You know, they, they love mobs, don't they? They love collectives. They love mobs and they love collectives because these are hive mind, emotionally driven individuals who can be moved in a certain direction with a, a hashtag. If 51% decide the other 49% should die or take an experimental gene therapy shot in order to make a living and move about in a free society as, as a natural law-abiding citizen, then that's democracy and that's not what the United States of America is. Whatever the Supreme Court decides, and as they've already signaled, there will be religious exemptions granted at minimal for any mandate. Doesn't mean that they're going to do this, but at minimal, that's, that should be the case. Of course, the media will, as they already have been, downplay the significance of that exemption because they've been doing this for months now. People on CNN, oh, well, you know, you the religious exemptions, sure, they exist, but it's going to be really hard to acquire one of those. You're going to have to fill out paperwork, medical exemptions. Yeah, that's going to be really difficult. You're going to have to do this and see a doctor. And see, that's just meant to demoralize people into thinking like, well, I believe in Jesus. Well, I'm a Muslim. Well, I'm a Jew. I'm a whatever. But I, I guess if this slimy, uh, thick-rimmed glasses legal hack on CNN said it's going to be hard. I might as well just give up and not do it, not even try. Of course, virtually everything that thick glasses-rimmed uh, person on CNN is saying is, is false and inaccurate. That, that doesn't matter. It's meant to demoralize people. And this is what the media has been doing on the subject of exemptions for these so-called mandates that haven't even been enforced Right? They haven't even been enforced. Nobody's fining anybody. Nobody's enforcing this, but businesses are like, oh no, the government said I had to do it. I must do it now. Yes, sir. Even though that's not even how the system works. I mean, in the media, people, they've been implying outright lying to the public and misinforming them intentionally that obtaining a religious exemption is pretty much irrelevant or that it's impossible. You know, that, that in order to obtain one, you have to submit yourselves to a corporate or some small business or to the state or to, or to a religious leader, thereby granting power of refusal of a natural God-given right protected by government, not instituted by it. Giving your authority away to those groups, to those, uh, to those individuals. That, that doesn't seem right. You know, of course, very few people are going to tell you what we've told you here on The Secret Teachings. It doesn't seem to be an argument in the holster of any lawyer, 
doesn't seem to be an argument in the holster of uh, uh, of anybody arguing on a political or arguing on a even a religious basis, and that is the definition of religion. 42 U.S. Code, Section 2000E, under definitions, this is on Cornell, you can look it up anywhere, it's U.S. Code, the term religion includes all aspects of religious observance and practice as well as belief. If you've got a religious observance, if you have a religious practice and you have a belief, you ain't got to be a Christian, you ain't got to be a Jew, you ain't got to be a Muslim, you could be a Rastafarian, a Latter-day Saint, you could be anything you want to be. You don't even have to be of an institutional religion. That doesn't mean your business, doesn't mean your employer isn't going to be an absolute moron and say, well, we're, we're, we, we, I'm rejecting it. Okay, under what authority? See, this is the problem. If your employer says, this is a law, we have to do this. Well, it's not a law. It's a mandate. And they say, well, we have to enforce it. Corporate says we have to enforce it. Okay, well, where's the policy? Show me the policy. You got to ask them, show me the policy. Let me, let me get a copy of the policy. It's a law. Let me get a copy of the law. Show me the law. Show me the information. Show me what compels me under threat of fine or jailing or loss of employment that I have to do this. You ask for evidence and proof. Then when they provide it to you, if you need to proceed with some form of legal assistance, you can obviously obtain that. Or you can just use critical thinking, logic, and a certain wording to work your way around what they can't force you to do. Now, it changes. It's different. It varies depending on the business, depending on if that business is regulated by a federal agency, depending on what, what uh, the situation you're in. You know, if you work for the, the city, that's a lot different than if you work for, you know, a McDonald's. And if you work for a McDonald's, that's a lot different than if you work for a Barnes & Noble. Of course, here in the state of Arizona, the governor has prevented any government agency, any government uh, authority, any state, uh, state, local, anybody from enforcing mandates on state workers, city workers, etc. That hasn't stopped the mayor of Tucson from trying to enforce it anyway, saying that 99% of the people got it here in Tucson who work for the city, but we need to enforce it anyway to make sure everybody gets it. So 1% of people roaming around out there in the city of Tucson are getting everybody else sick who got their shots and boosters, which is not even true. I would guarantee it because the federal government's also said, oops, we made a mistake. The CDC, uh, we just overestimated the number of people who got the vaccine. That's in Bloomberg. So they're overestimating the number of people who got a vaccine. They're overestimating the number of people who are sick from Omicron by 50 plus percent. The hospital rates have actually dropped. People aren't as sick. Case rates keep skyrocketing. They're even telling us now. Fauci's even said, well, the cases don't matter as much as they used to matter. Why? Well, because cases, that's, that's the whole narrative right there. And the fact that so many people are still getting it, despite the fact that there are vaccines, the whole narrative would fall apart. So they have to shift, they have to pivot, they have to move the goalpost. Now it's, well, what's preventing hospitalizations. But that's not even true. All the data shows that. Even the mainstream news reports that. It's unfortunate the Supreme Court seems to be just a teeny tiny bit behind in, re- in regards to at least, you know, what is the most up-to-date information. But the Supreme Court still seems to be signaling that... This, at the very least, will be a state decision, not a federal decision, 
OSHA doesn't have this authority. Let's hope, pray to God, whatever God you worship, whatever God you pray to, that this is the case. Because this isn't just about a COVID-19 vaccine. I'm honestly, sincerely more concerned. I can get a religious exemption if I need one. Pretty simple. Medical exemption as well. I'll, I'll declare and, and attain and maintain all my rights, or you will lose them. This is a, a dangerous precedent that is being set, and that is really the bigger question. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I want to tell you more about this tonight on the show when we get back. A lot more to come. Stay with us right here on The Fringe FM. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. Don't go anywhere. The truth is out there, and so are we. Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform, from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available is TST Weekends. Search the show name and start listening today for free. If you want to avoid those annoying ads, subscribe to our ad-free archive with our oldest shows, a private RSS feed, our montage archive, and Ryan's digital books. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black you and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings.
Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast Hour 2. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening, whether you're working or you're at home, taking a walk, sitting outside, or you're in bed. Welcome you to the Secret Teachings. And whether you're listening on the Fringe, the Paranormal Radio app, or on one of the numerous platforms that the Secret Teachings is posted to after the show, you do have to sit through those annoying advertisements. If you'd like to get rid of those advertisements, whether it's on Apple or Podchaser or Podcast Addict or any of the other platforms like Deezer and Spotify, you can go to our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the full show archive. If you click on the subscribe button, you will see an option to donate one time so you don't have to have a reoccurring payment and you'll see the options for what to donate. Or you can click on one of those options and subscribe to a reoccurring payment. You'll be able to download and stream every show without outside advertisements. You'll get a web page login for the archive, which right now we uh, are finishing up the construction of. So it is active. You can access it now. It's just it's going to look a little different in a few days. And uh, you'll also be able to download and stream every montage and access and read all of my digital books, including my original works. It's all at www.thesecretteachings.info. That is what supports us. That is what keeps us on air. And it is the only thing that supports us and keeps us on air outside of the money that I put into this show from the jobs that I've worked over the years and the amount of uh, effort and time that I've put into this to build it so that I don't have to work outside of this show and that we can focus on this show uh, every single day preparing something new for you here Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM and Saturday mornings on Aftermath. So it's the secretteachings.info. The archive is there. You can access it. It also has the archive for the TST Weekends show. That's there now as well as part of your subscription. There is a free archive, though, for the show and for TST Weekends, but that is just your, your podcast feed that you might already be listening to and that has the advertisements in it. If you just want to listen to the ads, that's fine with us. As we build that up, uh, it's monetized, so we'll be making a little money off of the advertisements. But uh, our subscriptions and books... And you can only buy the books at thesecretteachings.info. If you see them sold elsewhere, uh, it's not legitimate. Just you have to go to the website and buy them there. You'll see a link to each book. And it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty self-explanatory. If you have any questions, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. Check us out on Gab at Secret Teachings. And check us out on Gitter at TST Radio, or just search my name, Ryan Gable, on both, and it should come up. We just started Gab, and we just started Gitter. So it might take, uh, probably it'll take a couple of months to build up a, a following there, but you can help us build that up by just going on over there and following the show on those two platforms. And that's at the time, uh, at this time, at the moment, that that is the only social media that we are using. Of course, this week was... Uh, was a weird, uh, emotional, hysterical media frenzy over January 6th, the day that the United States Republic fell at the hands of insurrectionists in Washington who violently stormed the Capitol to rape Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 
What they didn't know was that she was actually across the street in a different building. Obviously, none of that really happened the way that it was portrayed. That doesn't really matter, and that's not the point of tonight's show. I found it interesting that that took place on the Three Kings Day or the Feast of Epiphany, another holy day that's been hijacked and uh, unconsecrated to a mob of political correctness, social justice, and delusional hysteria. But on the 7th of January, this was today, or technically yesterday, because uh, it's January 8th now, we're into Saturday morning. The Supreme Court of the United States heard arguments over two different vaccine mandate rules. Two different challenges to the vaccine mandates, the National Federation of Independent Business versus the Department of Labor and the Ohio versus Department of Labor cases. According to CNN, 40 million adults in the U.S. are still declining to get vaccinated. And uh, even the hearing was uh, kind of a spectacle in a way. Most people probably didn't watch it. Uh, I'm sure fewer uh, people were, uh, just a few people probably listened to it. I don't know how many people listened to it. I I listened to it. Uh, Maybe I was stupid, but I I listened to it on C-SPAN. I even posted, I actually posted the Supreme Court C-SPAN feed on Facebook, and I got pinged by Facebook for vaccine disinformation or misinformation. I don't know how that's even possible. I posted a literal C-SPAN video feed, and Facebook said that's vaccine disinfo. I don't even know what that means, but the uh, algorithmic AI said I'm not allowed to post it, but it I guess it got shadow banned. In fact, all of our show promos have been shadow banned recently. So if you don't see the show, you're going to have to go to my page and find it or the Secret Teachings page or same thing on social media. Um, same, It's the same thing on podcasts. Uh, the show got changed over. So if you can't find the show in your normal feed, you're going to have to just, it's really simple. Just type the show into a search engine again or just reload your app or just uh, have a, a refresh of the page and you'll and you'll get it. Uh, with all the new updated episodes. When, and the, I guess the good news is if you missed an episode and you haven't seen an update on your podcast player, now you're going to have like, I guess, five or six, maybe 10 days of, of shows to catch up on. So I guess that's the, that's the positive side of things. But uh, there was really a spectacle in the court because uh, Justice Sonia Sotomayor was, was unable to uh, physically appear. She uh, apparently was, was not sick, she decided to hear the arguments remotely from her chambers. And uh, according to CNN, this is literally what CNN said, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who has diabetes, would hear arguments remotely from her chambers, even though a spokeswoman said she was not ill. I thought that was interesting. I don't know what her having diabetes has to do with anything. I mean, it just looked to me like it was a it was an elitist stance. I mean, I'm better than the other justices. I'm going to take it in my chambers. You know, like she's speaking to a butler or something. I'll take dinner in my room. And 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 what makes me think that is uh, on top of on top of that decision, two of the lawyers representing states challenging the rules. We're not allowed to present in court due to COVID protocols. How lovely. But CNN has reported 
probably more than any other source. Uh, the only information you're going to get about this, unless you listen to the entire four-hour oral argument, which I found kind of, uh, I kind of, I found it kind of interesting. It really wasn't boring to me. I listened to it again. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm stupid, or maybe I'm just a nerd. You know, I don't know. But CNN reported that uh, the first mandate in the case of the National Federation of Independent Business versus the Department of Labor would impact some 80 million individuals and require large employers to mandate that their employees either get vaccinated or submit to weekly testing. I can't exactly determine what the, the, the actual numbers of people who are going to be affected are or what the number of people who haven't gotten a vaccine are. I don't know how people who already got the vaccine and chose to could be affected by a mandate forcing them to get a vaccine or test and wear a mask if they've already got their vaccine, which now the CDC says it doesn't matter. You got to wear your mask anyway. So I don't really see this. This mandate itself, it, it seems like it's kind of outdated because CNN's like 40 million adults didn't get the vaccine. And then they're like 80 million adults are going to be affected by the vaccine mandate. Well, I, I, I'm having trouble understanding and comprehending this. According to the CNN article and uh, some of the quotes from the justices, uh, this, is, this is pretty much the official version uh, of what went down. Uh, Justice uh, Coney Barrett was asking whether the regulation could be aimed at certain industries rather than it being a blanket policy for all businesses. Justice Thomas suggested that younger unvaccinated workers might have fewer health risks and should not be subject to the same rules as older workers. Other justices, including Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, questioned whether a federal agency could issue a regulation with such vast economic and political significance without the clear authorization of Congress. Chief Justice John Roberts seemed to agree on that point. The other case, concerning a regulation that requires certain health care employees who work for facilities that participate in Medicare and Medicaid programs to obtain vaccinations, resulted in these kinds of arguments. Uh, during both arguments, the liberal justices, who were rabid, expressed repeated support for the Biden administration's authority to issue the requirements aimed at containing a virus that has already killed more than 800,000 Americans, closed businesses, and kept children out of classrooms. They were deeply skeptical of arguments that the mandates could lead to massive staff shortages and billions of dollars in economic, uh, economic loss or compliance costs. I don't know how they could be skeptical of it because you've seen a tanking of the economy, because you've seen businesses close down, some because they felt that they had to, that there was a way to enforce the closure of those businesses. And this is the problem that I have. They say that a virus killed 800,000 Americans, a virus closed businesses, a virus kept children out of schools. If children were dying in the classrooms and they were dragging little body bags out of the class, if hundreds of thousands of Americans were on this street dead with buboes on their body, if businesses were closed down because they had been vandalized and because there was nobody there and because the city was on fire, I mean, that did happen in some places, but because it was an apocalyptic scene, that's a different story. But that's not why hundreds of thousands of Americans have died. Hundreds of thousands of Americans have died, according to the CDC's numbers, due to largely 
four different conditions that had nothing to do with COVID. Most people coming to the hospital now officially are coming for other reasons. They're there for other reasons. They just happen to test positive for COVID or SARS-CoV-2, to be more specific and accurate about the terminology. 800,000 Americans didn't die of COVID-19. They died with COVID-19. A very important distinction. COVID-19 didn't close businesses. Governors closed businesses. Local government closed businesses. Mobs closed businesses. And COVID-19 didn't keep children out of classrooms. Governors kept children out of classrooms. Local authorities kept children out of classrooms. Police escorted students out of classrooms because they refused to wear a mask and arrested young people because they refused to wear a mask. Human beings did that. Not a virus. Justice Kagan said, it is by far the greatest public health danger that this country has faced in the last century. And more and more people are dying every day. Of course, Justice Elena Kagan's argument was pretty much a script that was then read by the Solicitor General Elizabeth Prologer, who said that COVID-19 is the deadliest pandemic in American history and it poses a particularly acute workplace danger. What that particularly acute danger is, nobody knows. And how, even if we are to believe official history, how COVID-19 is somehow at 800,000 people more deadly than the Spanish flu that killed supposedly tens of millions of people across the world. Can't figure that one out either. I get these, you know, I'm not a mathematician, but when it comes to math, Democrats really don't know how to add and subtract. It's, it's, it's like, talk about any, a true emergency. Like these people need to learn how to read. They need to learn how to add and subtract, and they need to learn how to take a deep breath. Sotomayor also added, for many with pre-existing conditions or immunological problems, these are severe consequences, even for the vaccinated people. The vaccinated people have severe consequences of COVID, and and so do immunocompromised people and people with pre-existing conditions. Well, if that's the case, they couldn't get a vaccine anyway, right? That's the argument. So you have to force other people to get it, but it doesn't prevent them from getting SARS-CoV-2 and doesn't prevent them from transmitting it to those other people. So what's the point? That doesn't make any sense. Now, of course, if you go back to August of last year, the Supreme Court struck down six to three a government eviction moratorium holding that the CDC exceeded its authority. Remember when the CDC just said, we're the CDC. We're not letting anybody get evicted. We care about them minority people. And the Supreme Court said, uh, you can't do that. You're not a legislative body. You have no authority to do it. And the CDC is like, no, look, we have uh, this statute here. We can do it because of this statute. And the statute said something about like fumigation or something, right? The Supreme Court's like, uh, nope, you can't do that. You don't have any authority to do it. And that's something that's really been lost, I think, on the general public. The CDC is not a legislative body. It makes recommendations to legislative bodies. It is a, a medical, a scientific, a disease. It's the Centers for Disease Control. 
a disease authority. Like they present information, science, data, but they don't make laws. The Supreme Court's already affirmed that. It's a very similar thing happening in this case. The, the, the Solicitor General is pulling from a 50-year-old law, which is you know the OSHA Act of 1970, and saying that this gives, because of a teeny tiny little hole in the law, that isn't specific, a law that was enacted closer to the Spanish flu than it was to COVID-19, that this gives OSHA sweeping authority to impose this. But they, they don't have any desire to impose other vaccines, just this vaccine, even if the flu kills more people, right? Or anything else kills more people. And of course, OSHA is supposed to enforce things that keep workers safe, usually to prevent businesses and employers from doing things that are causing harm or creating a, uh, an unsafe workplace. I mean, I actually contacted OSHA when I worked at the organic grocery store in Rochester, New York, because the business I worked at was full of rats. It was full of mice, literally. It was so full of rats and mice that we would have to rip apart most of the store. Well, I wouldn't. We'd have to rip apart most of the store every night, clean up the mouse poop, clean up the mouse urine, etc. And it got to a point where one time I just, for something to do, I volunteered to come in and clean the produce department. And we found, uh, you know, I didn't intend to clean up mouse crap, but I found so much mouse urine and so much mouse feces. And I was like, I'm not cleaning this up, especially not with additional pay, you know. So... And, and by the way, you know, while Jimmy Church is sucking off of the teat of the, of the made-up UFO universe, I'm out cleaning up mouse shit so that I can do this show. Luckily, I get to do the show now without doing that. But at the time, I went to the manager and I said, um, you know that this is like toxic and you haven't even provided the proper tools to do it. And I was told there's no evidence. This is what my manager told me. There's no evidence that mouse urine is, is dangerous or toxic. And I was like, okay. Give me 14 seconds. And I, I timed it 14 seconds. CDC, or anything, anything really, just commonsense.com. And, and it pops up and it's like, yes, mouse urine is toxic. And I printed that thing out and I taped it to his, his, his office door. <laughs> I taped it to his office door and it was like, oh, no, I can't know that because I'm not a scientist. You know, is what I'm told. You're not a scientist, so you don't know that. It's like, what, what are you talking about? We're citing other scientists here. Well, you don't know that because you're not a scientist. Well, we know that mouse piss is not good to inhale, okay? The fumes from it. It's not good to inhale human you know, urine or feces. The common sense has been lost in all of this. So the CDC is not a legislative body. We're past that. The Biden administration defends the regulation, arguing that the nation is facing a pandemic that is sickening and killing thousands of workers around the country. Any delay in implementing the requirement to get a vaccine or submit to regular testing will result in unnecessary illness, hospitalization, and death. Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelogger made the exact same argument that Biden made, the exact same argument that Justice Kagan made. This is the deadliest pandemic in American history. This is the greatest public health danger that this country has ever faced. You notice the difference between those arguments? They're worded differently, but they don't really say anything. They imply the same thing, but they don't really say anything. You notice that? They don't really say anything at all. 
Let me read those to you again. This is the president. This is a disease that is, quote, sickening and killing thousands of workers around the country. Any delay in this requirement will result in unnecessary illness. See, he calls his own mandate a requirement because, you know, mandate's harsher. It's all wordplay. Solicitor General Elizabeth Prologer said, COVID-19 is the deadliest pandemic in American history and it poses a particularly acute workplace danger. And Justice Kagan said, it is by far the greatest public health danger that this country has faced in the last century. More and more people are dying every day. Really. Think about it for a second. President, Solicitor General of the United States, and one of the Supreme Court justices using the exact same argument, like just regurgitating, repeating the exact same argument. And they're not saying anything. That's the problem. They're saying nothing. Nothing at all. They're not making any argument that makes, makes any logical, uh, conclusive uh, sense. Why? Because it's all about arguing on the rhetoric and the wording. That's why the Solicitor General used the word risk, safe, effective, and proven so many times that if I was playing the drinking game, I'd have been blackout drunk at 11 o'clock this morning. I might have been blacked out by 10 a.m. the way that this woman was using the word risk. She had no argument to anything. Risk, 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 risk. It was like a tick. It was like Tourette's. Other justices, uh, other lawyers are talking. She's like, risk, risk, risk. It's a risk. It's a risk. It's like, Jesus Christ, can we take a deep breath for a second? It's a risk. The vaccines are safe and effective and proven. And the president... And one of the justices and the solicitor general are all like, this is the worst pandemic ever. What evidence and proof do you have of that? Not just, we have a lot of evidence, we have a lot of proof. Show me the evidence. Show me the proof. We don't have time in court to do that. So you want to override state authority. You want to override an individual's right to choose. You want to override, actually, you want to override the Supreme Court as an authoritative body by giving all the power to the executive branch by also overriding the legislative branch, Congress. And you want to do all of that to maybe help people while forcing other people to take something that it is likely to harm a large percentage of the people that, that, that takes it. Crackerjack job of arguing for classic authoritarian control. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm going to tell you what all of this means and bring it home in the last segment, if you'd like to call tonight, 520-367-2064, it is 1.27 a.m. Mountain Time. That's 12.30 Pacific Time, January 8th, Saturday morning, right here on The Secret Teachings, 520-367-2064. That's 520 520-367-2064. Call us and tell us your experience with the mandate, with the mask, whatever. Promise you I won't bite. 520-367-2064. This is The Secret Teachings, and we'll be back.
The Secret Teachings is finally available on nearly every podcast platform from Apple and Spreaker to Spotify and Podcast Addict. Also available as TST Weekends, our one-hour Saturday morning show. Search the show name and start listening today for free. And if you want to avoid those annoying ads, visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our ad-free archive with some of our older shows included. You'll get a private RSS feed and access to the montage archive and my digital books. Subscribe today or listen to the free show archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, grab a physical and digital copy of his books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. Visit thesecretteachings.info. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info sure there's a lot of low-level minions that'll be regurgitating and reciting the arguments that were scripted of the Solicitor General at the Supreme Court on Friday. And they'll be like, the OSHA Act of 1970 gives OSHA the authority to enact this law, so they sound really smart, you know. I decided to look up the OSHA Act. It's on OSHA's website, and I decided to, I don't know, skim through this thing real quick, and I actually looked at the section the Solicitor General referenced as giving them the authority to do what they're doing, and she grossly misrepresented in court. Section 20, subsection A, subsection 5. And here's what it says. If I remember correctly, she said that there's actually no exemption for religion, but they're going to be nice enough and provide one. And that they have sweeping authority to implement this mandate across the board based on this law that Congress passed, which gives them the authority to do it. And the Supreme Court justices were like, well, Congress hasn't specifically acted on this particular unique, as the Solicitor General called it, unique crisis, right? It's an acute workplace danger, she says, quote, unquote, 
COVID-19 is the deadliest pandemic in American history, and it poses a particularly acute workplace danger. Well, if it proposes a particularly acute workplace danger, it should call for a particularly unique response, not a law that is 70 years old. To derive your authority from arbitrarily to set a precedent that you have the authority to cherry pick any statute to give yourself authority that you don't actually have when it's Congress's job or the state's job to do the things that you claim you have the authority to do. And I'm not going to be nasty and mean to this woman because really smart lady, really, really, really good lawyer. She made some really good points, but it's also really easy to do that when you just regurgitate rhetoric and talking points for, for four hours. But nonetheless, I decided to read what she was referencing because I have a brain. And although I'm not a lawyer, and although here in the state of Arizona, I can actually practice law now without a legal license, I can actually represent people in court now according to uh, the change in the new uh, the laws here in the state of Arizona, but I'm not a lawyer. Uh, and I decided to read this anyway. Section 20A5. Nothing in this or any other provision of this act shall be deemed to authorize or require medical examination, immunization, or treatment for those who object thereto on religious grounds. She claimed that wasn't in there, as far as I remember. There it is. Nothing in this or any other provision of this act shall be deemed to authorize or require medical examination, immunization, or treatment for those who object thereto on religious grounds. However, the next part of the sentence is what she was referencing. Except where such is necessary for the protection of the health or safety of others. She was referencing the second part of the sentence. Oops, maybe she ain't that smart or maybe she's really smart. She forgot to include the first part when she basically lied to the Supreme Court and said, this isn't about a medical or a religious exemption. We ain't going to enforce that. We're actually going to be nice to people and give that to them. And then she's like, well, if you check out the OSHA Act, it actually gives us the authority to do this, except she forgot to mention that it does provide for religious exemptions. That's your classic lawyering. That's your classic lawyer talk, and that's why people hate the legal profession. How can you prove that an individual poses a threat to another person? That's the big question. And that's what's really wrong with this whole picture. Liberty is something that can only be attained and maintained if all people have it. That's the bottom line. All people have to have that right. Whatever the Supreme Court decides, the decision is, of course, a lot more than just a decision about two mandates that won't even affect uh, you know, a large portion of the population here in the states. But it will set a dangerous, dangerous precedent. It'll set a dangerous precedent because... It will allow the federal government and regulatory agencies through the executive branch to assert authority through statutes that are old and that are vague. Not that they're old, meaning that they're irrelevant, but to just cherry-pick statutes of the past and even those that are more contemporary things that Congress has passed and say, well, that gives me the authority to do whatever I want to do. That's a dangerous precedent, and I'm pretty sure most of the Supreme Court justices, those that are conservative, are opposed to that. So the problem here is not free choice. The problem is taking that choice away. It's just like money. Money is not the problem. Greed is the problem. And ulterior motives to use that money 
to abuse other people is the problem. And the republic is sure as hell not the problem. It's the rabid manipulation of democracy that is the problem. Religion is defined as an observance practice or belief. Nobody will tell you that. Even the lawyers that would argue in that favor, apparently, don't make that argument anymore. It's something that can't be intentionally or unintentionally taken away. It's a right you just, you have, but you have to exercise it. And it provides unlimited power to the people because religion is defined very vaguely. That gives you the unlimited power to believe whatever the hell you want to believe. As opposed to the same type of vague arguments being made to empower the government to do whatever the hell they want to do. Of course, neither side of the argument, for any number of reasons, asked or explained how there are so many cases of COVID now, despite all the vaccines, an argument utilized uh, by the plaintiff to uh, plaintiffs to enact the uh, the mandate. Uh, when, uh, or excuse me, I should say, neither side really argued for any reason. Uh, why there are so many cases despite the vaccines or why we've got, what, now two, three, four vaccines, booster shots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and why just, a, what, 40, 80 million people haven't received a vaccine, how they're going to affect the other people that haven't received a vaccine when they're all choosing not to get it, and that's a personal decision, but that's going to affect the vaccinated. I mean, none of that made any sense. Nobody mentioned uh, about all the public information that vaccine rates have actually been grossly overestimated, that people haven't actually been getting them, that Omicron Percentages have been reduced by the CDC from 73% roughly to 22% roughly. You know, it's just all a big game of rhetoric and magic words is, is what it seems to be. And this is really just, that's, that's kind of the point. It's not really about reasoning or logic. It's just about hysteria. It's about emotion. It's about ultimately eliminating your right to be a sovereign individual from the standpoint that you are innocent and proven guilty. This whole argument presents a new reality. You are guilty until proven innocent. And what these mandates through OSHA are intending to do is give sweeping authority to regulatory agencies to override states, to override your bodily autonomy in the same way that New York State Assembly Bill A416 wants to give the authority to the governor. Luckily, it's been stricken to determine who gets to go to a camp and undergo medical treatment. It's funny that what's been proposed in New York and Washington, and I'd assume California, they have to have a law being proposed like this, is exactly what the Solicitor General was arguing in court yesterday during the hearing. It's the same exact argument. Give complete authority to authorities, and a handful of them nonetheless, to make determinations on how people can live their lives and make a living. That's the bottom line. Otherwise, you can't prove the, the vague claims that are being made that other people pose a threat to me because I'm supposedly protected. Other people pose a threat because they're just alive and existing. That's a very dangerous notion. That's a very dangerous precedent to set. 520-367-2064. That's 520-367-2064. We have a 520 area code. I'm guessing you're calling from Tucson. Who are we speaking with? Hey, Ryan. It's Joe, uh, Wolf J Flywheel on the Discord. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing tonight? I- I'm doing great. I'm doing very, very good. Are you in Tucson? I am. You I'm are in, in uh, Picture Rocks right now. Okay. All right. I'm just west of the city over near Ironwood. Oh, nice. So what's on your mind, buddy? 
Well, just listen to your show and uh, thought I'd comment on the uh, what we talked about earlier on the Discord. Well, I'm a truck driver for FedEx and uh, taking a load over to uh, Target Distribution Center. And they're like, you need to wear a mask in our yard when you unload the trailer. And all you gotta do is go in there and drop the trailer in the yard and leave. There's nobody in the yard. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not following your mandates. I'm sorry. I'm not going to comply to this shit. And what, what did they say to that? They're like, well, we can go in and get you a mask. I'm like, okay. And then I just turned around and kept on driving. I'm not going to sit here and play your games, you know? Yeah, I ran into so many businesses that they would say when I would go into them early on in this so-called pandemic, you walk in and they'd say, you got to wear a mask. No, thank you. Well, here, you can just take one right here. We'll give you one right here. And they try to give it to you to try to encourage you and to peer pressure you, if you will, into taking it. And you just have to be strong and say, nope, not going to do it. I'm good. And walk away. But it's those tactics. It's, it's very deceptive. And I don't know if most of the people that are doing that, you know, at a, at a retail store, a grocery store don't know, but I think a lot of the big businesses and the corporations, they're getting their talking points from the legal teams that work for the companies, mm-hmm. the lawyers on retainer that just write the script that they follow because they're scared of being sued or because they actually believe it. Or I don't know what the case is. What do you think? I think they're just being pressured into doing what the corporate people want them to do. Has your business wanted you to get a vaccine to continue working or are they waiting on what the Supreme court decides? Because we are under a hundred employees. So it's not a mandate that they have to get vaccine or wear a mask because we're like eight people in our company. So that's not enforcing it on us. See, that's funny because a lot of businesses thought that as soon as the, mandate, as they call it, was issued, it became a law automatically and business started to, started enforcing it automatically. And most businesses didn't realize, and maybe, maybe they are now, that uh, this was something that wasn't even in effect yet. Nobody was going to even be fined under it yet. But yet they lied to employees from retail stores to hospitals that they had to get it or they would be fired. And that was just outright blatantly a lie. And right. there's no remorse for it. There's no uh, repercussion for it. It's just, you know, people quit their jobs. A lot of people quit their jobs because of that. A lot of people quit mm-hmm. their jobs or, you know, a lot of people were restricted from working. They had to work from home. Maybe they chose to do that. But, I mean, the, the misinformation, the disinformation, and, and the, con- the information that's out of context is, 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 to me, it's quite terrifying because I think that this is a pretty easy thing to understand as long as you understand the basics of, of what a law is and, and what legislators can do and what you know, executives can do and what the court system is set, set up to do. I, I don't know. That's, that's my view on this. I think that this shows us that there is strength in the way that our system of government works. It's not because it takes a long time to go through the court process that makes it weak. Uh, that's what makes it strong. If we just had one individual making all the decisions, then we wouldn't have anything or anybody to protect us from that one individual, which is the whole point. Right. If we worked as a team and had more influence from other people, it'd work a little bit better. What else are you seeing in your job, uh, delivering things and dealing with other people, even in your company? Is everything pretty relaxed? I mean, you've, I'm guessing you've lived in Tucson for a while. So how's it been here? Cause I just moved here a few I, months ago. Honestly, I've, I've only been here two years. I came from the Midwest 
it's a lot more lax than out east for sure. I think there's just a lot of the cowboys and hippies out here claiming their own. But my girlfriend, her uncle, works for uh, another trucking company. Well, he passed away. Um, he had COVID. He recovered from it. They forced him to wear a mask at work. Then his lungs got uh, calcified. Had trouble breathing. Helicoptered him to TMC. He was doing fine. He's coherent. Then they said, well, we're going to make you more comfortable. Medically induce you in a coma. And his lungs shut down and he passed away. Would you say, or are you of the opinion that he was quote unquote killed by the medical establishment? I know a lot of people uh, believe that's what's happening to their friends and family. That's what I believe. I mean, the man was super healthy, grew his own uh, meat. He didn't buy food from the grocery stores, but very organically strong as a bull, you know, moving uh, bales of hay all the time. And then the hospital just, we're going to make you feel more comfortable and medical inducing a coma and you in the hospital for nine weeks. And then they just pull the plug on you and die. Yeah. My friend's mom was in the hospital as well. And while she was struggling to breathe, uh, she had other problems and, uh, I guess she quote unquote tested positive for COVID after the fact they were trying to forcibly place a mask on her face, even though she was unable to breathe. And they were trying to hold the mask on her face in the hospital while she was trying, basically gasping for air. I mean, and that's I've, horrible. It's like putting a pillow over somebody's head. And just that's go to sleep. That's exactly what they're doing. And and I've man, I've heard doctors now say that you come to a hospital, you think that you get to choose the treatment. You think that you get to choose what we do to your body. That's not how it works. We get to make the decision on what treatment you get. I don't know when we made that decision as a society that the doctor just gets to decide what drugs we take. You know, it's not a choice of the individual. No, it's pharmaceutical companies controlling everything. Let me ask you this question. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, let me ask you this question then, and you can have your comment as well. Mm-hmm. Have you always felt this way or have the last two years propelled you into, into thinking along these lines? I've always been kind of a rebel, never really followed the narrative, even in high school and stuff. And it, I always kind of stop, look, see what the big picture is and analyze it for myself before listening to what somebody else thinks to follow like a narrative or something. That seems balanced to me. That seems like a balanced approach. I don't know what your views are otherwise, but that seems like a balanced approach. And I'm sure you've found out that some people don't like that balanced approach. No, we, my girlfriend and I are the same way and her family's totally opposite. They just watch CNN all day and they're just arguing and arguing and arguing. And now they're all vaccinated, but people are getting COVID and they're like, no, I see what's happening. Like, <laughs> does, it, does it make sense now? <laughs> right, right. Well, what were you we going to say? COVID three weeks ago. I mean, right after uh, Thanksgiving and all he could do was not smell. That was it. And that felt great. So I don't, I don't know what the big deal is. What was your other point that you were going to make? I think that was it. Okay. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I, uh, I appreciate oh, it. Good. I Just appreciate the call tonight. On the air. No, no, oh, yeah. that's okay. Anytime. That's okay. I appreciate you calling in tonight, uh, especially here in Tucson, resident of Tucson, Arizona. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. 
Well, anytime. Yeah, do you have anything Glad else you'd to like to add? To you all night. Just a pleasure to listen to because I work midnight, so you get me through the night, man. Oh, perfect. I appreciate it. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'm just right down the road from you doing it live. Wonderful. Maybe we can get together sometime. Yeah, shoot me an email. You know the email, rdgable at yahoo.com. Will do. All right. Good, buddy. All right. You have a good night. Enjoy your, uh, and you're listening while you're at work. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 520 You can call into the show. Tell us your view. Tell us your opinion. A lot of our listeners uh, on the East Coast, of course, it's uh, very, very early in the morning. And uh, a lot of them are probably uh, in bed, especially uh, some of the older folks who have, uh, who we've been talking to uh, and uh, helping people to get out of uh, a lot of those vaccine mandates that aren't actually mandates at their, at their businesses. It's all about the words. It's all about the word play. And, you know, the word play, uh, the usage of words like risk, the usage of words like mandate, actually, requirement. You know, these, these are words that need to be defined. They can't just be implied through some vagueness. And that's, that's the thing about, you know, religion. Religion is defined vaguely. And the vagueness of the definition of religion gives power to the individual to believe, practice, and observe whatever it is that they want to observe, practice, and believe. The arguments being made for these mandates are that the federal government and regulatory agencies, by interpreting old and new statutes and laws in a way that suits, through a cherry-picking process, the federal government and regulatory agencies without direct congressional approval, to interpret those in a vague way is to give them sweeping governmental power and to strip that away from the individuals and the states. And this is not a new argument. This goes back to the founding of the country as well. This is just something that a lot of people have their attention on because they're thinking, well, if the Supreme Court says, and, and I think this is the irony of it, the Supreme Court Monday could say, we're not enforcing the mandate. We're blocking the whole thing. I, they're probably not going to decide that quick one way or another, whatever they decide. But they could say Monday, we're blocking the whole thing. And, and you, you would have businesses that I guarantee you would still lie to their employees who would just be totally unaware and oblivious. They'd be like, well, the Supreme Court heard the case and, and, and you got to get the vaccine. And you could word it like that. That would be a true statement. The Supreme Court heard the case and you have to get a vaccine. That's our policy because that's the Supreme Court heard the case. Well, they heard the case, but what was their decision in the case? Did they die with COVID or from COVID? You know, these are questions that need to be asked. They need to be discussed. Whenever you hear safety, security, proven, effective, it's a magical incantation said with certain intonation that plays not only on the emotional centers of the body, but on the unconscious and the subconscious. It plays on community, family, children, etc. And arguably, any argument that plays on those things is an emotional argument. I don't care who is making that argument. And if taking a vaccine is a regulatory decision meant to improve employee safety, job security, employment, etc., and to possibly stop the spread of a disease we already know is uh, certainly not being stopped by the vaccines that they want to enforce and mandate. And uh, 
due to the fact that people don't really understand what a law is as opposed to, you know, a recommendation. These so-called laws that aren't laws have already led to staff shortages and mass walkouts from police and hospitals and other places of business. It's led to countless lawsuits because companies are enforcing something thinking that they are required by law. So really, it's just a personal thing to cover their ass. They're not really cared about the safety of their employees. It's just, I better do this or we're going to get fined, right? And uh, a lot of them are doing it without knowing or accommodating religious or medical exemptions, which I can guarantee you that if the Supreme Court Monday says, yep, we're going to enforce it, a lot of businesses are going to be like, well, you got to do it. And people like me are going to be like, well, I got a religious exemption. And they're going to be like, well, we don't recognize that because the Supreme Court said you have to get it. And people like me are going to be, well, here's the court. I have the documents from the court. This is what the justices said. It says exemptions. And the people at your business are going to be stupid. And they're going to be like, nope, that doesn't exist. I don't recognize that. You know, because, I mean, that's what I've gone through for the last two years myself. On a personal note, that's all that I've experienced. Scott Keller, the National Federation of Independent Businesses uh, lawyer, he argued that the rule would cause permanent worker displacement, ripping through our national economy, which is already experiencing labor shortages and fragile supply lines. Well, that's because people have actively worked to shut it down. A virus didn't do that. Humans did that. People did that. I want to give you one example of what is what is transpiring where I am. I gave you updates of what was happening in New York. I've provided over the years, you know, forms to get out of blood screenings for the babies so they don't take the blood and they don't put it into a database, a data bank for the state or some big corporation to get out of vaccines for babies. We've provided you with uh, documents, uh, exemption templates and examples for religious exemptions for schools and for businesses. I still have those. Of course, they're going to change a teeny tiny bit depending on what the Supreme Court rules. But again, private businesses can still employ that. I, I, just, I want to give you an example of how this whole thing works. Here in the city, uh, the city of Tucson, in the state of Arizona, the city of Tucson is probably the most aggressively liberal part of the whole state. I don't even consider Sedona that because they're, they're vibrating in another frequency or dimension in Sedona. But here in Tucson, it's probably the most blue of Arizona. However, being the most blue of Arizona is still kind of red when you compare it to what's happening in places like New York, where I just moved from. I escaped from New York. The state of Arizona, however, has a law. House Bill 2770 signed by the governor. It is a law that has gone through 100% progression. Section 1, Title 44, Arizona Revised Statutes, amended by adding Chapter 38 to read the following. 44-7951, businesses exempt from mask mandate. Here's a little example. Notwithstanding any other law, a business in this state is not required to enforce on its premises a mask mandate that is established by this state, a city, town, or county, or any other jurisdiction of this state. That's the law. Some might read that and think, well, businesses can't enforce this if it's their policy. That's not what the law says. The law says that a state, a city, a town, a county, or other jurisdiction of the state 
can issue a mask mandate, but businesses do not legally have to comply with it. And because they don't have to legally comply with it, they might want to put up a sign. They might be compelled to put up a sign. They might feel it's their best interest to put up a sign if there's a local order, but they don't have to comply with it, and they certainly don't have to turn away customers, which is probably the last thing a business wants. So apparently sometime in December... Pima County Board of Supervisors adopted a regulation that they said was necessary for public health and safety. Pima County is the county that I live in here in Tucson. It's a big county. So they passed Resolution 2021-87. And this took me 20 seconds to find online. They passed this back in December. I started recognizing businesses around Tucson put up signs that said, Under Government Order. Under government order, you must wear a mask to enter this establishment. Doesn't say anything about exemptions, doesn't say anything about anything. It's just under government order, you must do this. And they found, uh, they found a, a way to post the resolution at a lot of businesses in a way that's really difficult to find. So most of the businesses I go into, they put the big government mandate sign right out front. But then when you go inside, you got to like search through the community boards and all the other things to find where the other sign is that says, here's the resolution 2021-87. So you can actually look it up and see what it says. And here's what it says. It says, the authority that Pima County has, the Pima County Board of Supervisors has to enforce this is due to a Supreme Court ruling in the state of Arizona, Arizona School Board Association, Inc. versus the state of Arizona, which struck down Section 19 of Senate Bill 1819 as unconstitutional relating to masks. The problem with that argument as that giving them authority to enact this back in December was that in November, when it was announced the Arizona Supreme Court upheld the ruling that finds a ban on mask mandates unconstitutional, it was only because of the subject matter of the law that was put into a budget proposal. Supreme Court said it has to be specific to the law. So we have a law in Arizona that is specific to the law, that is specific to the the specifics of that law. Pretty straightforward. They're claiming they have authority from something that's, that's already essentially null and void. But the really interesting thing is that it says that there are a lot of exempt persons. In fact, I'd say about 20 to 30% of this entire resolution are exemptions. And it specifically says for medical exemptions, quote, a person is not, in capital letters, not required to provide documentation demonstrating that the person cannot medically tolerate wearing a face covering. So if you want to try to enforce it, nobody has to provide proof that they need, you know, an exemption. They're just automatically exempt under the resolution. But it gets even better. The resolution says, The primary focus of enforcement is education and promotion of best practices to accomplish the goal of mitigating the spread of COVID-19 in our community. So they passed this resolution, claiming they have all this authority to do it, but businesses don't actually have to enforce it. And because businesses don't have to enforce it under state law, the resolution is this faux power grab, this flexing of the muscles that says, you must do it. But actually, you don't really have to do it because we can't enforce this. And if you do try to enforce it because you're making the decision to enforce it because we don't have the authority to enforce it, there's a lot of exemptions that you have to take into consideration for legal reasons, health reasons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
And that's pretty much what any mandate is. That's pretty much what the Biden mandates are all about. It's just going to be a giant cluster F of information that is not in context, too many mainstream media headlines. No one's going to read the decision of the court. You know, your manager's not going to read that. Corporate's not going to read that. They're going to get the bottom line, regardless of what the court decides. And they're going to go with that. They're going to go with the court said you have to do it. And they're going to be like, we didn't know about the religious exemptions. Or they're going to say the court said we can't do it, but we're going to mandate it from the company. It's not the government saying you have to do it. And you don't have religious exemptions, even though you do. I mean, this is about wordplay and magic. And this is the secret teachings. And that's what we break down in the show five nights a week. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Subscribe to the show at thesecretteachings.info. Help keep us on air. Help keep us broadcasting. Subscribe to the archive, the montages. Grab a copy of one of my books. Check us out on Patreon. And check us out on Aftermath FM, 9 a.m. Pacific, every Saturday morning. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. My body, my choice. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.